we both looked at it at the same yeah. time and both were going crazy. Yeah. Now I see in tiny little prints well, at the top. That's what it is. All hell broke loose there. Uh, so my yes. scheduled maintenance is over. And Good. I'm going to place two more bets and then I'm done for the night. Mookie bets. First to record a hit, I'm actually going to play this market, and I'm going to go it. Freddie Freeman plus 350. I'm going to go Mookie Betts plus 550. You look at the career against Garrett Cole, Freddie Freeman hitting 350, 7 for 20, and uh, Mookie Betts 7 for 17 in his career, batting 412. So I'll take a shot with those guys at those prices. I think you should. I, think I like the Mookie it. one especially, better than 4 to I'm one. telling you, it's redemption. He's like, you know what? Last night wasn't good. He didn't expect to win the home run derby, so yeah. tonight, tonight is going to be different. Grant Paulson, our old pal Grant Paulson, jumps on with us live from Seattle, host of Grant and Danny, weekdays, 106.7 The Fan in D.C., MLB Network Radio, of course, BetQL as well. Countdown to Saturdays, 10 a.m. Eastern, a show I know very well, a show that you should always listen to. How are you, Grant? I am good. How are you, other than being handsome, Nick? Oh, don't, we're not starting this bit here. We're not. We're not. That stays in D.C. Scott's laughing his ass off because you're doing that. Hey, Seth, you've been going to the All-Star game for a long, long time. How much has it changed from, like, the days when you first started covering it to now? It's a great question. He must be very handsome. Uh, it's changed <laughs> I a lot. Worst. <laughs> no, I can't. Uh, it, it has changed a lot. Here's what baseball is doing really, really well at this point, is they've integrated the game at all levels. So I got out here for my obligations for MLB Network Radio on Friday afternoon, and right when I landed and got checked into my hotel, the high school All-American game was starting where they've got all the best high school prospects in the country who are going to be taking part in the draft a year later. Um, then you fast forward to Friday night and the HBCU Classic was being held, which was a really cool showcase that they did for uh, some of the great players who are in HBCU schools around the country. Uh, on Saturday, they had the Futures game with all the best players in the minor league. On Sunday, they had the MLB draft. Now, that used to be held in early June, and it was it had nothing to do with this event. Now it's on the site of the All-Star Game. They had it at Lumen Field here in Seattle where the Seahawks play. The third year in a row they've had the draft as part of these festivities. And then it all leads up to Monday of the Home Run Derby last night. Tonight, Tuesday, the game. So I've been here for days. Many people have. And we find ourselves kind of thinking, oh, wow, there's an All-Star Game now, too. And, and that used to be what the whole thing was about. So I just think they've done a really good job trying to grow the game incorporating other events, trying to build baseball up at different levels and really showcase some of the other things they have to offer uh, to get people involved, not only at a younger age, but maybe to expose fans to players before they become stars. Yeah, it'll be awesome to see all eyes tonight on Shohei Otani batting second. Uh, unfortunately, can't pitch tonight for the American League. But, you know, the Angels, uh, man, 1-9 in nine in their last 10. They're now a game below five hundred. Do you think there's any chance Otani gets moved at the deadline? If not, where do you see him next year? I would move him at the deadline. I don't think he will be traded, though. Uh, but, yes, I would consider moving Shohei Otani. Um, I think he's going to end up a Dodger. I think they've been planning to go spend and add him for the last couple of years. I think the only reason they were quiet this offseason and by their standards did almost nothing to get under the luxury tax yep. is because they wanted to get back over the luxury tax pretty substantially by going and getting Shohei Otani. and. The way that it works in baseball is if you're over the tax by a certain percentage for three straight years, you get incrementally penalized, right? So they kind of reset their clock of being able to spend without a budget by not going over this past offseason. Uh, they just missed out on Sunday night of having a, a top-round pick. They were docked 10 picks and didn't pick until 36 because of all their spending in previous years. But I think their plan is to go get them. If I was the Angels, though, I think you just got to be real. you, you got to look at the standings, where you're at, the likeliness of all the teams you have to leapfrog to get into the postseason. Are you going to be able to 
number one, get Mike Trout and Anthony Rendon back on the field, keep them on the field, get the production you need to out of those guys. If all three of your stars that you're paying a lot of money to, Trout, who's got the biggest contract in the sport for a bat, Otani and Rendon are, are great, is that enough? Because the answer has been no up until this point, and I don't think it will be. So they're not going to trade him. It's just too good for their business and too big of a star. But I would. You know, look at what the Nationals did with Juan Soto. They got crushed for trading him. And right now, this moment, I would say that the Nationals would still do that deal, and the Padres would be the team that might be having buyer's remorse. So I think they could really completely reboot their system. No, not to the extent of a Soto because it's an inspiring contract, but you know, maybe add a couple of decent prospects that no one else is getting in a trade uh, this trade deadline if they were to move them. Yeah, are you hearing anything right now in Seattle about maybe uh, Nolan Arnato getting moved as well? I mean, the Cardinals a disaster, 38-52, and 52, 11 and a half games back in the NL Central. Any chance they maybe move him at the deadline and who would be interested in him? In what him? a mess of a yeah. season it's been. I, by the way, I jumped on a ticket, and I was feeling great about this, Ryan. So at one point in time, the Cardinals were 10 games back early, right? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, right then and there, I thought, well, the NL Central stinks. Nobody's going to be any good. Right. The winner of that division might be, you know, 85, 86 wins, something like that at best. So I pounced on them, and they got back within, I think it was four and a half games, and I was fist pumping. And, and then they free fell again. I mean, they're just not very good. So um, not only that, in that division, to your point, I mean, the Reds, who have won 22 of 29 since they called up L.A. De La Cruz, are legit. Uh, the Brewers even though they can't hit or score at all, need a bat, but they can pitch, so they're going to hang around. There was a time where Ken Rosenthal was right, and they were going to trade Corbin Burns and move on from some of their arms, and that's not going to happen anymore. So you've got two teams in that division that are playoff caliber, and, and the Cardinals are going to be out on the outside looking in. Uh, I don't think they move Arenado. I've not heard, to answer your question directly, any talk about that while I was out here. But, I mean, look, this is what I would do. I mean, you're going to hear this answer from me a lot. If I have a guy who is under contract for multiple years moving forward that I control, if I feel like I'm going to be a winner again in that time, I'll consider keeping him. But otherwise, it's about adding to my system. I mean, you've got to be ruthless. It, this is not about selling jerseys and keeping fans happy. It's about having talent, not only in the minor leagues, but at, at the major league level that's young and controllable. And the best way to do that is to trade these pieces when you're bad. The Orioles sit plus 400 to win the AL East right now. Two games yeah, back do. of Tampa. Yeah, Five-game winning streak heading into the All-Star break. We know all the young talent they have. Is there a chance that the Orioles could look at their position and maybe be buyers at the deadline, or do you think they're going to kind of stick with the young core they have and try to ride this out the rest of the season, given the way they're already playing? No, the Orioles are going to be buyers. There's no doubt in my mind. I mean, I think they're going to try to trade for a pitcher Make, keeping you know Lucas Giolito's name in mind, maybe Jack Flaherty. Uh, we were just talking about the Cardinals. I think he's going to be on the move. Uh, the question is, which prospects are they willing to part with? Because to this point, Mike Elias, correctly in their rebuild, their executive has put this roster together, has not wanted to move their highly regarded prospects that they've drafted and developed. But it's time to start parting with those guys. Who is that? You know, maybe a Heston Kierstad who just played in the Futures game who just got promoted to AAA, who's got 16 home runs. Maybe it's Connor Norby, who's at AAA Norfolk level, or uh, Kobe Mayo, who's got big-time power, is closing in on 20 home runs, who just got promoted to AAA in their system as well. But if you put a, a couple of prospects, two or three guys together, that haven't gotten to the big leagues yet, no, I'm not talking about Jackson Holiday, who is still their best prospect, or any of the guys that have graduated this year, like Gunnar Henderson or Colton Kowser or Grayson Rodriguez or, or – 
even uh, Jordan Westberg, who's a couple of weeks into the time. And this is how many guys they have. I'm just rattling off these names. These are all top 100 prospects in the game. I think they could go get an arm. I think they will. Now, I will tell you, I don't think they're going to beat the Rays. I know they've kind of caught them going into the break as Tampa Bay's taken on some water here. Look at some of the innings and all. Some of the issues they've had in that rotation, right? I mean, Jeffrey Springs was the best pitcher in baseball for a month, goes down. Kobe, uh, Drew Rasmussen was fantastic. Uh, he went down. Now he's going to have TJ. Uh, they didn't have Glass now for a big portion of the year. They've had Shane McClanahan on the shelf last couple of weeks. I just talked to him a few minutes ago. He should be back soon after the, the break. But you know, that's 80% of their rotation at, at one point in time, what they envisioned that has not been fully available, and they're still arguably the best team in the American League. So I think they, too, are in the market for a pitcher. They'll get healthier. That's a better ball club that's just more ready to win, better offensively probably, certainly more experienced. And I think that they edge out the Orioles in the East. But Baltimore is going to be in the playoffs, and I think they're going to add. Who do you think is the biggest threat to the Braves in the National League? Because you look at the AL, you can make the case for like three or four teams to get to the World Series, and you never know in baseball. It's usually the Dodgers, but I mean the Diamondbacks are scary this year. The Giants are only two and a half back in the West. Uh, who would you answer? So this is lazy, Ryan, but I'm going to say the Dodgers. I, I don't like any other teams that much, to be completely honest with you. I'll say this. If somehow the Phillies could get in, I could see a similar group at the start of the playoffs to what happened last year. Now you just need, I mean, does lightning strike twice on a magical carpet ride? The, the pitching isn't quite as good. Nola hasn't thrown as well, but they've started to, to put it together. If you look at a 30-game sample here, that's a much better, different team than they were early in the year. Uh, Bryce Harper having come back. Castellanos, I was just watching, take infield at third is here, obviously, at the All-Star game. You're going to get a, a terror at some point from Kyle Schwarber. So I would throw them in as a deeper cut club, but my answer is still the Dodgers, who I think win the West. Uh, this is not your older brother's Dodgers or not as good as that team's been over the last few years or some of these 105-win type teams that you know were the one seed going into the playoffs. I think the Braves are head and shoulders better than everyone else, you know, decidedly better. Like, I think they're going to run through the National League. But if you're telling me, you know, who's number two, if I'm doing a power ranking, I would have to put the Dodgers just because of, the fact that every single year it seems like they're right there at the end of the season in the NLCS. Talking to Grant Paulson, BetMGM tonight, uh, the Marlins are a team that has quietly started to creep up. Look, I don't think anybody thinks they're going to win that division and catch up to the Braves. But, you know, in reality, this is a team now that actually has the number one wild card spot. They've won a couple of games in a row. Is this a team that you look at and say, okay, they're getting hot at the right time? Or is this one of those you see them maybe fading towards the end of the season? I think they fade a little bit because as good as their pitching has been, it's been a lot of young pitching. I look at Yuri Perez, so they're now going to start restricting in terms of innings and availability. They've talked about maybe shutting him down and, and making sure that he doesn't overwork this year, who's been just magnificent, by the way. Uh, they will pitch well enough that they're going to be good, but I don't view them as an actual threat. They're a, too far ahead of schedule, and they don't have enough of kind of the veteran starting pitching when some of the the arms, like Yuri Perez, that have thrown well for them, uh, start to be capped. Like, where does the production come from at that point? Uh, my favorite storyline with them is going to be Luis Arise and, and his chase. You know, he's obviously not going to hit 400. I think we know that. But, I mean, everyone thinks 400 is kind of the only important batting average. But, I mean, this guy's hitting over 380. Like, that, that doesn't happen. I'm, I'm really interested to see after he won the batting title last year in the American League, shifting over, if he can win twice in as many years in two different leagues. If you had to pick one team right now to win the AL Central, 
Who would you go with? I bet the White Sox a couple weeks ago. Biggest mistake, second biggest mistake of my life. Uh, who would you Who would you go with right now if you had to pick any of those teams? I mean, they have so much talent, man, but they just they can't figure it out. No, I, I've been so badly bitten by them picking them before the season the last three years. Yeah, I'm, same. I'm out. Um, wow, that's brutal. I, I, I guess I would default to the Guardians. You know, I, I like their pitching better. Logan Allen's thrown well. Bybee, their rookie starter, has pitched well. They've got more on the precipice of graduating in the system. Um, now, again, we, we just talked about this with the Marlins. Like, I don't know what the innings restrictions and things look like. Uh, Jose Ramirez is out here, obviously, at the All-Star game. He's a guy in the summer that normally gets hot and can carry them for a month. I don't like the Guardians a lot this year, but I hate the rest of the division. <laughs> so, Same. I mean, it's, it's really bad. I think whatever team comes out of that division, to be honest with you, like you, you can cash a ticket on winning the Central maybe, but you're not going to have a lot of value because no one's going to, to be essentially counted out. And the other problem is, I mean, it's not like that ticket gets you anywhere in the playoffs. You're none of those teams are making a run. They're not good enough to. I hate to be this guy, but uh, favorite. Oh, we got about sixty seconds. Favorite All Star Game memory. Well, it was actually in this ballpark right here, where I am in Seattle. In was it 01 or 02, I guess it was. But going back t- two decades ago, Cal Ripken Jr.'s final All Star Game. Uh, it was then Safeco Field in its infancy, and off Chanho Park, he hit a fastball that was grooved middle-middle over the wall for a home run in his final All-Star game, and I still remember the Charlie Steiner call in his first set-bat in his final All-Star game, and I was a little kid in my basement in King George, Virginia, wearing my (laughs) Orioles t-shirt, and I ate it all up like a nice plate of lasagna. Your answer was the same answer that I had, especially just yep. thinking about Cal getting moved over to shortstop and him not wanting to do yeah. it, and then A-Rod was forcing him, and Joe Torre's waving him over. I feel like that's got to be the most iconic moment in an All-Star game, at least maybe for our generation. I'm sure there's stuff going way back. So, Grant, enjoy your time out in Seattle. Have fun at the game. Thanks for coming on with us. Thank you, fellas. Enjoy the night.